1: Ah, uh, ah,
0: uh, don't touch that dial. There's excitement galore coming up in the next hour when you'll hear Mildred, the Mask Mother, say to her son,
2: Go to sleep, my baby. Ah, uh, ba- Mommy? Yes, Benton?
0: I think I could sleep if you'd stop for a while. During another exciting episode of Chicken Man. He's
2: everywhere! He's
0: everywhere! The most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever
1: known. I Love Will Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday, each day with a different theme. Fridays, we hope to say the secret word on You Bet Your Life. This episode was originally aired on January 31st, 1951. And, George, what is the secret word? Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight
3: is clock. C L O C K. Really? You bet your life. <laughs> The more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America present Groucho Marx in You'll Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. And here he is, the one,
4: the only... Groucho! That's me, Groucho Marx! Well, here I am again with $1,000 for one of our couples. Veneman, who's first to try for it?
3: Well, Groucho, just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected a clerk from the unemployment office, Mrs. Louise Ludwig, and her partner, Mrs. Marjorie Kendall, was selected because of her unusual occupation. And here they are. Ladies, come right up here and meet Groucho
4: Marx. Well, welcome, kids, for the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. And if you say the secret word and divide $100, it's a common word, something you see every day. Mrs. uh, Louise Ludwig? Yes. That's well. well, where are you from, uh, Louise? I'm from Honolulu. From Honolulu? Yes. Oh. How long have you been away from uh, Honolulu? Uh,
5: since it's been um, many years since I was 12 years old. It's <laughs> been I... many
4: years since you were 12 years you old? Are...
2: <laughs>
5: oh, I don't
4: think so. I think Shall you're... I tell
5: you how many years? Though?
4: Well, I don't I... want to pry into your private life, Mrs. Ludwig. <laughs> you're a very attractive young girl. I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're married, huh? Yes, Mr. Minks. What does your husband do? Uh,
5: Uh, He's a driver's license examiner for the motor vehicle department.
4: Oh, well, I'll be mighty nice to you. (laughs) Marjorie Kendall, you were chosen because of your unusual occupation. Now, what sort of work do you do? do?
6: I'm a secretary and part-time genealogist.
4: Oh, I see. Well, uh, what is a a genealogist?
6: One who uh, I trace family lineages, family trees.
4: Now, Margie, how, how did you become interested in family trees? Were you looking for timites or...
6: Uh... No, I was looking at my own family history.
4: Uh-huh. I started looking at my family once, but I stopped when I got to Chick It was frightening. <laughs> now, how far did you trace your family?
6: To 445
4: A.D. I'd be satisfied if you could trace me back to 445
2: A.M. LAUGHTER not
4: sure I want to go back there again. Right?
2: <laughs>
4: now, Marjorie, why should people want to know their family trees? Uh, isn't that a little snobbish?
6: Oh, no. It's an, in, it's a curiosity on the part of almost everyone to know what their family name means.
4: How about the name Marks? Could you, could you look up the family tree?
6: Oh, I did several years ago with several other Hollywood personalities.
4: Is that so? Why should you look up my name?
6: Well, because it was uh, you were an interesting person, and I've always admired you, and you my favorite uh, comedian.
2: <laughs>
4: I've never did anything that any other boy couldn't do. <laughs>
2: now,
4: what did you find in my family tree?
6: Oh, mostly, of course. You have a beautiful crest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Say, you
4: look pretty good yourself. <laughs> What do you mean, by a beautiful crest? I'm
6: well, there's um, in the
4: crest. You mean a family crest? Yes, sir. Like two horse thieves swinging from a potted pond?
2: <laughs> <laughs> two uh,
6: wings that were partly crossed and, uh, oh, a little bit of gold embellished
2: on them. And...
4: You mean I had wings? Uh, partly that was uh-huh. the crest of the Marx family? Yes, sir. You mean my forefathers were fan dancers, huh?
2: Eh? <laughs> Now, Mrs., uh,
4: you're with the unemployment uh, office? Yes, Mr. Uh Mars. Where where is that?
5: Uh, I work in the harbor area.
4: In the water? (laughs) And uh, uh, what are your duties there?
5: Well, I attempt to uh, find positions for people who uh, are in need of them.
4: Could you find a position for me? Well, very
5: possibly. What kind of work are you interested in?
4: (laughs) Why should I be interested in work with the racket I've (laughs) got? Now, suppose I'm unemployed. Uh, You can never tell about sponsors, you know. Uh, Of course, the DeSoto Plymouth is different, huh? In a DeSoto, you drive without shifting. You ought to be very happy with me. I'm about as shiftless as they come.
2: (laughs) Where was I? Oh, oh, yes. What kind
4: of jobs do you have the most calls for?
5: Well, uh, um, highly skilled technicians, and, uh, of course, good secretaries are always
4: hard to get. Yes, they are, (laughs) especially for a man of my age. (laughs) Even fair ones I'm having difficulty with. Now, how is the unemployment situation out your way right now? Uh,
2: As
5: I say, that uh, demand for highly skilled uh, remains uh, prevalent, Uh, but the mackerel season is uh, The mackerel season is Mm -hmm. on now?
4: Yes. Well, how many unemployed mackerel are there? (laughs) (laughs) That's as fishiest story as I ever heard.
2: (laughs) Now, let's see if you
4: two will get a chance at the $1,000. But first, here's exciting news I don't want anyone to miss. It's
2: It's here! (laughs) It's new! (laughs) It's designed for you, DeSoto. DeSoto is the car that's a revelation to ride. DeSoto, when the deal is now presented nationwide. So drive a new DeSoto before you decide. The 51 DeSoto, that's a revelation to ride.
3: Yes, the brand new 1951 DeSoto is a revelation to ride and drive. The amazing combination of features that brings you a new concept of driving pleasure. Your ride will be more pleasant because underneath that hood is a new, big, higher-powered engine. Smoother because of new AuraFlow shock absorbers and synchronized springs. Easier because of feather-light steering. These and many other features add up to a ride that's a revelation. No wonder your DeSoto Plymouth dealer so proudly presents... The
2: 51 DeSoto, that's a revelation to ride.
4: Okay, now let's see if you'll get the chance at the $1,000. Fannerman, explain the rules. Well, you bet as
3: much of your $20 as you want on each of four questions. And the couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $1,000 DeSoto Plymouth question at the end of the show.
4: Okay, here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected personalities of the 20s. Here's your first question. How much will you bet? Uh, Ten. Ten dollars. Ten dollars? Okay. The Bambino was undisputed king of the ballparks during the 20s. What was his name? Babe, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth is right.
2: <laughs> and you're on your way. You have thirty
4: dollars. Um, Remember, you're going for a thousand dollars tonight. Now, how much of the thirty dollars will you bet on your second question? Twenty nine. Twenty nine? Huh? Okay. Who defeated Jack Dempsey twice, the second time in 1927? He was an ex Marine. Gene Tunney. Gene Tunney is correct. We're climbing now. You have $59. You're climbing with $59. Here's your third question. How much are you going to go for?
2: $59.
4: 55 89. Okay. The hop-along of the 20s was a straight-shooting cowboy with a horse named Tony. What was the cowboy's name? Uh, Tom Mix. Tom Mix is correct.
2: Now you have
4: $114. $114. And here's your last chance to be the other couples. How much of the $114? than oh. Uh-huh. All of it? Okay, you're gamblers. What was the name of the colorful revivalist who during the 20s drew thousands of people to his meetings? Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday <laughs> is correct.
3: <laughs> and you wind up with $228. Thank
2: you
4: very much. Uh, Feniman, just a moment. There's something I want to clear up. Remember last week in the quiz, one question was... What do you call the Australian and New Zealand troops of both world wars? You remember that? I remember the question. Well, the Austrian war bride and her husband, she said uh, diggers, and I said that was wrong because the official name was Anzacs. Well, a lot of people said diggers was the slang name for him, so we're sending Mr. and Mrs. Schwander $180. Fortunately, it wasn't enough to affect the standings for the big question. so thank heaven that remains the same as it turned out on the show. All right, on with it, phenomenon. Who's next?
3: Uh, we invited some women from the Federation of State Societies to the program tonight, and we selected Mrs. Florence Parsons. Her partner is a husband from the studio audience, Mr. Bob Smith. Folks, come on in here and meet Groucho Marx.
4: Welcome, folks, to You Bet Your Life. You say the secret word and you'll win $100 between you. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mrs. Uh, Florence Parsons, eh? You're from the Federation of State Societies? Yes, I am. Uh, wh- what is that? Is that the Confederate Army? Is it's it...
7: an organization of the people from the different states as they've come into California.
4: I see. Oh, I see. Where, where, where are you from?
7: I'm from uh, Williamsburg, Massachusetts.
4: Williamsburg? Yeah. What part of California is that in?
7: Uh... Oh, that's not in California. It is in Massachusetts. <laughs>
4: Williamsburg, isn't that where uh, Cal Coolidge uh, came from? No, he uh, really
7: was born in Vermont, but he lived in Northampton, just a few miles from Williamsburg, ten miles.
4: Did you know uh,
7: Cal Coolidge? Slightly. They said that I had a longer conversation with him. ...than did any congressman that ever cooled his heels in the White House.
4: And a congressman can cool plenty of heels,
2: too.
4: <laughs> do you remember their conversation at all, uh, Mrs. Yes, Parsons? I do. Could you give us a, a little of it?
7: Well, I was visiting a neighbor of Coolidge, and uh, their farms adjoined. And I was sitting in the garden, looking over the hedge when Coolidge was seen approaching. And uh, I wanted to escape, but my friend... Why, are you
4: a Democrat? uh,
7: No, (laughs) I wasn't, but I was afraid to meet him. So he came through the hedge, and uh, when I was introduced, he said, Oh, from Los Angeles, a beautiful town. I have spoken there. I hope you'll have a pleasant visit and a safe journey home.
4: Well, that was very nice It was about
7: that. the extent of our conversation.
4: Well, that was quite a conversation. For sure. <laughs> you had, uh... I don't think Mrs. Coolidge ever got that much out of him.
2: <laughs> uh,
4: your name is Bob Smith? That's great. What sort of work do you do, Bob? I work for a sewing machine company. A sewing machine? That's... Well, you don't look like you did any sewing. Uh-huh. No, I'm a, motor man. I'm a, You're a Soy- motor man on a sewing machine. You're a motor man on a sewing machine? LAUGHTER well, where do you drive it, up Hollywood Boulevard? I suppose old Bobbin pulls it, huh?
2: Eh? Well, Bobbin is on a sewing
4: machine. I happen to know because I'm an old so-and-so myself. Now, Bob, where is your home? I was born in Seattle, Washington, but
8: I left there when I was two years old.
4: Oh, you left there when you were two? Wanderlust, eh? Uh, That's pretty early to leave home, isn't it? Where, where did you go?
8: To Alaska.
4: So Alaska is your home, eh?
8: No, I went from there to Portland, Oregon.
4: Is uh, Portland your hometown?
8: No, from Portland I went to Niagara Falls. Oh, that's your hometown, eh?
4: No, went to Washington D.C. For a two-year-old, you said you got around. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I
4: can keep this up as long as you can. Where did you go after that? Uh,
8: Washington D.C. I went to Dallas, Texas.
4: The sheriff never got tired, huh? (laughs) Well, I give up. Let's leave you right where you are, and don't move until I come back to you, will you? I'm liable to be in Tampa by the time I get there. (laughs) Mrs. Parsons, uh, how old are you?
7: Old? Why, we never talk of age in the
4: Federation.
2: We are (laughs) ages.
4: I'm sorry, Mrs. Parsons. uh, How young are you?
7: Well... The gypsies tried to steal me when I was five years old.
4: I may steal you tonight, Mrs. Parsons. This man is a gypsy. This man is a gypsy? Yes. You're a gypsy? You don't look like a gypsy. I thought all gypsies wore bananas. I mean, bandanas and played the accordion and wore gold earrings. Why, you look just like me. Why is that? A lot of gypsies do. Anybody care to have his palm read? (laughs) Are you you married, Bob? Uh, Yes, I am. How, How did you meet your wife?
8: Uh, my father introduced her to me.
4: Well, that was a very friendly gesture on your part. Why was your father so interested in this girl?
8: Well, he gave fifteen hundred dollars for her and selected her for to be my wife.
4: It's a lot of money for one girl. How come your father paid fifteen hundred dollars for your wife?
8: Well, that's a custom among the English gypsies and among all the gypsies.
4: Always pay fifteen hundred dollars?
8: No, not necessarily. Can you
4: 1500. get one for six ninety eight or something? Like that? Hardly. <laughs> How much did your wife weigh at this time? About 70 pounds. $1,500 and 70 pounds. Let's see. That
2: That comes to about $22
4: a pound. That's a pretty stiff price to pay for a wife. You can buy caviar for $22 a pound. Of course, it's pretty lonely in the evening sitting there with a dish of caviar. You think your father made a shrewd investment, Bob?
8: I think so, because a very short time after he was married, my wife made enough telling fortunes to pay my
4: father back. Hmm. She should have read her own fortune first And she'd be $1,500 ahead.
2: <laughs> and has
4: this marriage turned out successfully? Have you been happy, Bob?
8: Uh, yes, very successfully I got about the best girl in the world
4: Well, you ought to know You've been all over the world <laughs> Now, Mrs. Parsons uh, Tell us something about your work What sort of work do you do?
7: Well, my work is uh, very complicated It, uh consists of so many details. We uh, have uh, picnics for every state in the Union. They have I used to it.
4: entertain at picnics. I was known as a picnic ham.
2: Okay. <laughs> in see, a sandwich? Said,
4: in, yes, in a sandwich. <laughs> I was boiled a good deal of the time. <laughs>
2: well,
4: what is the largest of these picnics?
7: Iowa is by far the largest. We often have 130,000 at the Iowa picnic. And Imagine, uh,
4: 130,000 people at a picnic. Oh, we To me, a... it's no picnic if there's more than two people, Mrs. Parker.
2: <laughs> and sometimes
4: <laughs> even then it's no picnic. <laughs> How much does your husband pay for you, uh, Mrs. Parsons? Uh,
7: nothing at
4: all. He got you for nothing? Well, yes. he stole you.
7: Right? That is as you think.
4: Well, I certainly do. I think you were a, a big bargain. Would you, have you been a good wife, Mrs. Parson? I
7: think I have. Uh-huh. Fairly good.
4: Oh, you're qualifying it now, yes. huh? All the time you've been married, you've been good for nothing, eh?
2: That's an old joke,
4: but I've chased this gypsy so much tonight, I'm getting weary,
2: eh? Well, this has been
4: an interesting conversation, and if I ever want my palm red, I'll stick it in the bucket of red paint.
2: LAUGHTER well, then, let's see how well
4: you make out in the race with $1,000. Now, you've got to run your $20 into more than our other couples. I can't tell you how much our first couple won, but Fenneman's offstage to remind our listeners.
3: The unemployment clerk and the genealogist won $228. Now, well,
4: here we go. Uh, you have $20. You select the scrambled proverbs. How much are you going to bet on your first question? $10. You can bet anything you want. $10? Is that all right can with any... you, Florence? Yes. I'll call you Florence. Huh? Certainly. Now, here's your first question. You're betting $10. What is this proverb? Adult and his legal tender are quickly disassociated.
8: Uh man and his money are soon parted. A fool and his money are soon That's parted. That's right.
4: A fool and his money are soon parted. <laughs> now you
2: have
4: $30. Remember, you're going for $1,000 tonight? night. Now, how much of the 30 are you going to risk? 25 A rotating boulder will not amass a form of lichen. A rolling stone will gather no more. A rolling stone gathers no more. You'll
2: be the $55.
4: Florence, you're a pretty sharp cookie.
2: <laughs>
4: now, how much are you going to bet on your third question? Fifty. Fifty? Yes, fifty. Here we go. It is inadvisable to enumerate fowls in your possession prior to the moment of their nativity. Do not
7: count your chickens before, before they, they hatch. Is absolutely
4: right. To a climb to $105. Florence, have you been a chicken thief in your earlier days? No, I never was.
2: Oh, <laughs>
4: A goose thief or a duck thief or any kind no, of foul? No, nothing
7: of that kind.
4: Oh, that's a foul question. Here's your last chance to be the other guy. <laughs> what is this provide? How much are they betting? They have so bet, bet all of it? Is that right? Um, do you want to bet 105? all of it? I do. Okay. A dual cranium is more acceptable than a single. Uh, two heads, two, are than two heads are better than one.
2: Two heads <laughs> are better
4: than one,
3: Clarence. Put it there. you're yes. <laughs> <laughs> because wind up with $210. Well, that's wonderful. Congratulations, Thank
2: you very
4: much. Congratulations to you both. That's quite a gap. All right. right. <laughs> well, the sequ- we all have a tendency to emphasize youth too much, and you see a gal like that, and it's really wonderful. The, uh, the secret word, you know, is still clock. I know, I understand that. Well, we invited some... My memory isn't faltering <laughs> <No>. yet.
2: <Ben. laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> Even though you all see.
4: No innuendos from you. We
3: invited some Hawaiian dancing girls to the program tonight. Now and- you're
2: talking. <laughs> uh, just before we went
3: on the air, our studio audience selected Heilani. Kowala. Never
4: mind this nonsense. Bring <laughs> her in here, will you? <laughs> and her partner
3: is a fencing master, Monsieur Jean
4: Romance. And here they are. Folks, come over here and meet Groucho <laughs> Well, welcome, welcome, welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth dealers, eh? Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. A fencing master and a hula dancer, eh? Well, this may be interesting. He may cut off her grass skirt. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hilani,
4: Hilani Covila, is that right? Hey, Elani. hey, Where are you from, Elani? The
6: islands.
4: The islands, huh? Eh? The islands. Uh. Which islands? Coney, Catalina, or a thousand?
6: <laughs> I'm from
2: Hawaii.
4: Hawaii? Uh. Is that the correct pronunciation? I thought it was Hawaii. Uh. No, that's not right.
6: Uh, Hawaii is
4: correct. Oh, you couldn't say Hawaii just once, huh? Please? That's not correct. What, what isn't correct? Hawaii. I'm all right. How are you? Hello, Mom. It was a great fight, but I won.
2: <laughs> and Mr.
4: Mr. Harriman, eh? sir, yes. if you think I'm going to watch you tonight, you're crazy. Eh?
2: <laughs> you're a
4: fencing master, huh? Eh? Where are you from? Uh? Brussels, Belgium. Oh, from Belgium, huh? Eh? You were raised in Belgium? You're sort of a Brussels sprout then, in other words. Eh? <laughs> but are you married? Yes, sir. Some fencer. He's got a sword hanging over his own head. Eh? <laughs> uh, are you married? Uh? No, no. Oh, Thank the Lord.
2: Huh? <laughs> and praise the grass skirts, huh? I
4: guess it'd be pretty hard for a hula dancer to nod her head yes when the rest of her is saying no.
2: <laughs> where,
4: where do you do your hula dancing? At?
2: Well, I uh,
6: work mostly casuals, one-night stands.
4: Where do you do your work, uh, Jean? At the Los Angeles Athletic Club and the University of Southern California. Oh, well, that's a good place for a fence. Exactly, what do you do there? Do you, do you pick it?
1: No, I teach
4: fencing because fencing is a very popular sport now. It's very becoming. Is that so? It's increasing in popularity? Very, well, very. But what is much. there about fencing that makes it so popular? Well, uh, for women, for instance, grace, poise, elegance. For men, fast reaction. Then also, the spirit of sportsmanship. You mean puncturing somebody is a sportsmanship? Well, in some way, yes. Uh, You carry bicycle tape in your back pocket or something? (laughs) Suppose I wanted to take up fencing, what would I need? Uh, First of all, a mask, jacket. What do you think I'm wearing now? I was saying a mask, a jacket, trousers, and tennis shoes, if possible. Tennis shoes, what's that, for running? No, you want slide when you make your lunch. Uh huh. I make my lunch? Don't I carry my lunch with me? Well, wouldn't it be nice if I had a sword, too? We don't use sword anymore. You don't use a sword in fencing? What no. do you use, a mixmaster? No, we use. What do you mean no swords? We use foil, epée, and sabre. Uh, epée, isn't he one of the seven dwarfs? No,
2: it's a blade.
4: Well, Epée was a blade, I remember. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the hula. For example, just what is the hula, Uh, besides a good way to keep warm on a cold night? It Uh,
6: tells a story by dancing.
4: Uh Uh-huh. All this time I've been wasting my time reading books. (laughs) What kind of stories does it tell? Uh, Mysteries?
6: There's no
2: mystery about the hula. Well, doesn't
4: that depend on whether the uh, grass on the skirt needs cutting? (laughs) What kind of stories can you tell by dancing?
6: Oh, you tell love stories, and stories about the trees, the sun, the moon. They're all very simple stories.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, how does dancing tell a story I don't understand?
6: Well, it tells a story by using the hands and the arms.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: It, um, um, Each
4: gesture you make it's... has some significance, I suppose?
6: Yes, that's right.
4: And I'll bet you've told many a story and then tried to wiggle out of it, huh? <laughs> Well, you've been a very interesting couple, particularly you, Livani. And if I ever do any fencing, you can be sure it won't be with a hula dancer. <laughs> now you're going to play your bet your life. you run your $20 into more than the other couples, and you'll get a chance at the $1,000 question. I can't tell you how much the other couples won, but Fenham is going to remind our listeners.
3: The unemployment clerk and the genealogist are still leading with
4: $228. Here we go. Let's see how high can build you $20. You selected modern composers. Here's your first question. How much will you bet? $10. Dollars. $10. $10? Dollars. Ten
2: dollars.
4: Ten dollars? Okay. Who composed Begin the Begin? Cole Porter. Cole Porter is right. <laughs>
2: $30. Mm-hmm.
4: Remember, you're going for $1,000. How much of the 30 are you going to try? 20 20 20 Who composed Summertime? Gershwin. Gershwin is right. And the time is $50. Now you got $50. Here's your third question. How much of the 50 40 Forty, you're going to bet? All right. Who composed, I've told every little star. Take a guess. Talk it over. And if you don't know, guess. Well, the bell is, uh, the bell is told. It was Jerome Kern. You should have known that. It's a very, very popular and very well-known song. You now have $10. Well, that's a shame. Now, it's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the 10 would will you bet?
2: 10
4: Shoot the wikes? (laughs) Okay. Who composed White Christmas? Irving Berlin. Irving Berlin is right.
3: (laughs) And you wind up with a grand total of $20, and that means the unemployment clerk and the genealogist with $228 get the chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $1,000 (laughs) question. All over the country this week, wherever the famous DeSoto Plymouth sign is displayed, people have been stopping, looking, and buying. Yes, and you know what they've been buying the great new 51 DeSoto. Wherever you see this year's DeSoto, you'll see crowds gathering to admire it. But the real cause for admiration is the ride DeSoto gives you smooth, unbelievably comfortable. It's a revelation. What gives this amazing new concept of driving pleasure? Well, a great many features, such as a big new higher-powered engine, amazing new AuraFlow shock absorbers, feather light steering. Features like these add up to driving pleasure you never dream possible. Yet DeSoto sells for only a few dollars more than the lowest-cost car. So follow the crowd to your DeSoto Plymouth dealers and see... The
2: 51 DeSoto, that's a revelation to
3: write. Here comes the winning couple, Groucho, the unemployment clerk, and the genealogist. All set for the $1,000 DeSoto Plymouth question.
4: All right, here we go for $1,000. I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you, so think carefully and please no help from the audience. Here it is. One of our presidents served only 30 days. The shortest service in presidential history. For $1,000, tell me, who was this president? (laughs) What is the answer you two have decided upon? I guess we're wrong, but we thought Buchanan. No, I'm sorry. It was William Henry Harrison. That was a tough question. But anyway, you won... How much did they win? $228. You won $220, so that means the big question next week will be worth $1,500. Well, you lost the big money, but you won $220 in the quiz. Congratulations and thanks to both of you and to all of our contestants on the show tonight.
3: Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at this time for the Groucho Marx Show, when the big question will be worth $1,500. And don't miss Groucho's television show, also presented by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. Two great cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation.
4: By the way, folks, if you have nothing better to do, you might curl up with the February issue of Coronet Magazine and read the piece about me by my brother Harpo. Doesn't make any sense, but I think you'll enjoy it. The February Coronet Magazine. Good night, folks, and remember... Now just be sure to visit your DeSoto Plymouth
2: dealer!
4: Folks, here's a reminder from the National
3: Safety Council. Keep your car in safe operating condition. You bet your life. Transcribed from Hollywood is produced by John Goodell. Directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jerry Fielding. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast.
0: The wonderful white-winged warrior is still invisible. The result of a bad accident with a chicken dissolver in his chicken cave. And now, even after taking two aspirin, as the doctor ordered, he still can't see himself. And in the office of the police commissioner of Midland City...
5: Yes, Commissioner.
9: Miss Helfinger, the winged warrior, still can't see himself. Tell him not to worry. Hmm?
5: I never could see him either. Fine. By the way, Commissioner.
9: Yes, my secretary. How
5: about that diabolical and vicious plot to destroy the world?
9: Yes, how about that?
5: Washington is waiting for an answer.
9: George? D.C. Oh, take this message. Shoot. Dear D.C., in reply to request that winged warrior halt plot to destroy world, Mm -hmm. be advised that winged warrior isn't feeling so hot.
5: Isn't feeling so hot?
9: Ain't feeling so hot? Forget it. Right, forget it. Signed, your friend the commissioner.
5: That's going to be your message to Washington?
9: George? D.C.? Okay, P.S.
5: P.S., okay.
9: Give my regards to the family. All right. Sorry about the world. Okay. Perhaps some other time. I've got it. Stay in touch. Is that it? Yes. (coughs) What? Where is the winged warrior now? In your office. And I am? In the
5: same place.
9: Thank you. Uh, Invisible Winged Warrior. Uh, here, Commissioner. Any luck with the aspirin? I don't think so, Commissioner. Hmm. Whenever I put them in my mouth, they just drop to the floor. Yes. They're getting pretty dirty. Perhaps if you would try some exercises. You mean like run around the room? Yes. okay. Are you running? Yes, I am. Run faster, Winged Warrior. Commissioner, if I run much faster, I'm going to run right into the. Yes, Miss Helfinger.
5: I regret to inform you that the mayor of Midland City has been severely injured while entering this building.
9: Automobile? UFO. Un- Unidentified, Unidentified falling, falling object. object. Yes. Wow.
0: Who's the UFO? You know. One chicken, invisible, with elasticity and huskiness for a fall. Listening tomorrow for another exciting episode in the life of the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. You're listening
1: to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. It's nice they corrected their answer from last week's show and sent along the balance to the couple. However, they did not correct the mistake I found, and I'd be willing to give them my address if they want to forward along the, uh, the money, too. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and on our host, Anchor.fm. You can listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and find the best location that suits you. Like us on Facebook at iloveoldtimeradio. Follow us on Twitter at iloveotradio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com or by joining our Vintage Radio Club and get an extra episode a week. The Shadow returns on Monday and Groucho will be back next Friday for some more You Bet Your Life. For com, this is Virtual Vinny signing off.